Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde with this week's Notre Dame football show. Um, your uh, weekly uh, YouTube show and uh, podcast talking all things Notre Dame football. I was just in uh, San Antonio last week for the All-American Bowl. We're going to say, so we didn't go live last week. We're going to save some of those topics for the show next week. So we want to be transfer portal heavy. Um, those, you know, the, the topics from San Antonio, those, those are not going anywhere. So we'll still have plenty to talk about um, from that. But quick word, um, Leprechaun's Game Day, folks. Make sure you pick up your officially licensed children's book that describes the beautiful pageantry of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Dot, at Notre Dame. Visit Leprechaun lepgameday.com and enter promo code bg23 guys and that will get your author signed copy from mike brown the leprechaun himself um and that deal to get the author signed copy runs out at the end of the month so please um lepgameday.com or uh, scan that little promo or the the qr code there there at the bottom right of your screen mr hyde how are you doing sir what's new in your world man i'm doing really good really good um I coach middle school hoops where I teach at, and we only lost by 30 today, so I was excited. So they have a – they're undefeated, this team we played real quick. Literally, I just had a game a couple hours ago. I, I kid you not, they have a guy that's going to be playing in the NBA, so that was not fun. I told the AD, why please don't schedule those in the future. So 
they had a grown man, an eighth grader. I swear it was 19 years old. So, but that was my day today. Other than that, excited. We're in the off season, Mike. So here we go. A little Notre Dame football. And um, so for people there's watching, there's a million things to talk about. So. People watching or listening to this, I appreciate you because you you are a diehard. Like you are tuning into this show here in January. Yeah, you're 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 you're, oh, yeah. you're awesome. You're awesome. Yes. Oh, so yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this show. I want to say it's before the bowl game, so we 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 do have a lot to to talk about, Tim. Um, but let, let, I think let's just kind of go right into trans uh, transfer defensive back edition, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Harper out of Oklahoma State. Um, someone who Tim, I, I don't think he's he played a ton last year. I believe he was hurt most of the year. Um, a guy who's kind of battled injuries a good bit, but. Um, I don't know if you've got to see his film, Tim. Um, what do you think about this pickup for the Irish? He's he's a perfect, you know, grad transfer to come in and play for Bracey. I think that's exactly what that spot is. He's um, the dude as aggressive as could be. You watch his film and you think he plays like he's 225 pounds. He has no fear. He is relentless to the ball. Darn good football player. He really is. Very, very aggressive. Great box safety is what he is. So he's going to be down. You see him perfect, you know, for that, you know, nickel roll. I mean, Notre Dame, let's be honest, what, 90% of the snaps this year, they have five DBs on the field. So Bracey was out there a ton. And he's a perfect replacement. I think, you know, when, you know, when you look at some of the bodies, you know, I, you know, people assume Mickey would be the guy, but they want a physical presence. They want someone that's got a lot of games under his belt. And I think that because Mickey played outstanding, by the way, in the bowl game. So I think they're seeing with Mickey, you know, obviously you got Morrison coming back, Cam Hart coming back, Lewis. You got a solid two deep out there at corner. And let's just get a permanent nickel and get some guy that we could have out there trust who's got experience. And it's a heck of a spot. You know, it, it really is. He's a good football player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be an addition that's blowing anyone away, but it's it seems like a solid depth piece. Yeah, you know, and on top of that, you know, let's look at the same. They brought in Pryor from Ohio State, who ended up just being a nickel dime outside backer blitz guy, you know, for Notre Dame. And then Brandon Joseph had more hype than what Isaiah Foskey, it felt like coming into this season. And he was, you know, a solid football player, but did not live up to the to the hype whatsoever that was coming in uh, you know, in for him from Northwestern. So yeah, they got he played. He was a good, solid football player, and I think Thomas Harper is going to do the same thing for them. Yeah, folks, please do hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content if you have not done so. Had a really good recruiting video that we posted with uh, Darren Pritchett on Tuesday, so check that out if you have not done so yet. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have a Friday live show where we'll talk some better name recruiting as well with myself and Trey Anity. Tim, I'm going to put you on the spot. When you look at this Notre Dame secondary going into next season, would you say? I mean, would you project it to be better than this past season? Because it was a, I mean, it was a pretty solid unit for the Irish. I mean, it's definitely, you know, when you look at the positions where you're going to point out, be like, eh, that's that's where Notre Dame struggled this season. You're not really doing that with the secondary, right? I mean, so what what, what do you think about that unit going into this year? Well, after well, after we talked nine months, and all we had in our head was the Fiesta Bowl <laughs> with the, yeah. with the DBs just getting lit up in that second half, so. A different feeling going into next season. You obviously got a freshman All-American and Morrison, who is you know going to be one of the premier corners preseason All-American next year. And then the shocker is Cam Hart. It's, it's, it's a huge surprise to me. 
as we said when he when he came decided to come back, I I was stunned. I thought for sure he was going to leave. So you got a premier two-year starter coming back at corner. So you got two legitimate corners. What does Clarence Lewis do? You know, does he does he move to safety? You know, does he, you know, do they just keep him as their third corner, play him in, there and there? And then you have a uh, Mickey who who got who played a ton of football this year. So going back to my point, you have four outstanding corners. And that's not even including Christian Gray, who I think is one of the most underrated football players. And he's a top 100 kid, outstanding corner. You know, Michael Bell, special team guy. I don't think he's going to be in the mix whatsoever. And then the interesting thing, now you have Harper's, you know, what are you going to do at safety? You know, what are you going to do at safety? I think, um, you know, you have Watts coming back and Henderson, two outstanding players. Brandon Joseph, they probably would have wanted him to come back and play that fifth year, but he's gone. And then another shocker. DJ Brown coming back. So, I mean, I mean, you have two upperclassmen that have played a lot of football games for Marcus Freeman in 21 and 22. They're going to be back for a third year into that defensive scheme. So secondary wise, it's going to be, it's going to be a darn good unit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you call it strength of the defense? Yeah. Uh, probably going in. Cause who knows with D line, D line's going to have a lot of question marks, um, bodies, but question marks, but some yeah. very good football players, but question marks. And then light linebacker is the, is the interesting one because you're going to have, you know, three fifth year seniors, unless something happens, right? You got Maris Leofow, you got JD Bertrand, who is, who played outstanding football this year. And then you got Jack Kaiser who never gets mentioned yet. His numbers, his, you know, big plays, you know, Patrick Engel always does an article uh, where he talks about the havoc plays and things like that nature. Per snap, Kaiser's Kaiser's ahead of Foskey on making plays on the fit football field. So you have three fifth-year seniors, and then what do you do with these other guys? I mean, it's I mean, Cauley's going to be in the mix because he's got two years. I think Jalen Snee's going to be an edge guy. I think it's a way to get him on the field. Tuli Alamaka on the field. Patella's going to be a senior. So those outside edges – I think we're going to see some young young dudes playing out there. And then obviously Josh Burnham. So you got three sophomores that are going to be playing a heck of a lot of football out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to actually try to pull it up. I saw a, uh, this video go on Twitter today of, of Tui Halamaka. Yeah, I saw um, that. yeah, he looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can't um, pull yeah. it up. But, out uh, Utah. Yeah, out in Utah working out with uh, you know a bunch of his buddies out there uh, getting some. I saw that online. Yeah, awesome workout video. And did a little homework with the the coach and the people that he works with and all that. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I so yeah. I mean, Notre Dame really hasn't landed. Uh, they did, didn't land a Viper in this recruiting class. Yeah. Uh, but you move Josh Burnham there. If Tuya Hall Mockham moves there, um, you know, I actually talked to Preston Zinter this week, um, and I asked him, hey, like, what would you think about moving? To, like, because he does look good as a weak side pass rusher, sure. Notre Dame's linebacker signee from Massachusetts, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll do it. It's just you know, it's not really something we've discussed, but like, I, I'm, I'm, like, whatever I can do to help the team and get on the field. So that's obviously what you want to hear. Um, so, uh, yeah, you still got Jordan Patelho. Um, Susan says, can't believe he's going to be a senior. Completely agree. I just, just feel like he um, just showed up. Time really flies. Yeah, that that yeah. 2020 recruiting class. That was the first I covered. He's, um, and, and he's yeah. been a special. I mean, he has been a special. Him and Bo Bauer have just been, you know, freakazoids on special teams. Those two guys will just go knock you around like crazy for 
four quarters. So it's a- Andrew asks, where do you put Maris? Can he rush the pressure? I think you put Maris Leaf out at, at quarterback, and I, I think Mike Goolsby will sign off on that. Right. The thing that man Maris is he's a lightning rod. He's a lightning rod because he played so much football this year. His production was low when you look at his havoc plays and his you know tackles for losses. Just how about just straight up tackles per his snaps that he had? I think he led the defense in snaps. You know, him and Breesy were probably I think one two, if I remember right. So he's a lightning rod, most definitely. But if you look at you know the Mike Singer way, that glass half full, be positive. The dude just came back from an injury, did he not? He just came back from a foot injury. He didn't play much in the spring. Didn't play, you know, he was 50-50 reps in August, I remember reading. So this was his first full football season, really, uh, since he's been at Notre Dame. So that's one way to look at it as he comes back for a fifth year with all these reps under his belt. So we'll see what happens. All right. My mind just went totally off topic as you called me glass half full. Then I also remember when we had the show with Ashley. Yes. Ash and Pollard did not like when we would go off topic. She'd always be like, all right, Mike, stay to the schedule, the script. I'd be like, uh-uh. Uh, you call me. I, I got a lot of um, – this is this is totally off topic. But sure. I, I wrote an article today, Tim. Did you, re- did you read this uh, Cornell Tate, Dante Moore article I ran today? I'll be honest with you, Mike. No, because I'm like, eh, they're not playing for Indy. That, that was my – I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. But uh, I'm sure it's got some good info. I'll click on it tomorrow. I, I did not read it. Yeah, a lot of people are, are giving me a hard time about, you know, running the – why do you – we don't care. They're not in Notre Dame. So it's like – True, but it's a great backstory. And that's it, – It's important. I mean, we, we wrote an article about a, a, a Notre Dame, you know, like a, a – I think it was a graduate assistant left for Western Michigan. You know, oh, no one's, no one's giving us a hard time about that. They're not in Notre Dame. Who cares? But uh, that was a really interesting story. Cornell Tate and Dante Moore got to talk to them and, you know, pretty much were going to Notre Dame together. So, you know, just people and how they decide that journalism should should be done. You know, it's like, oh, no, it's a it's a great story. You know, I I didn't read it yet. I was obviously busy. I saw the headline. I was like, oh, that's going to be a fun one. I didn't even wait till you guys get to see read the Keon Keeley. You know, I did the same. Well, we'll have that out soon. So. You know, and I'm sure, you know, just 30 seconds on those two, you got, I mean, Tate is, I mean, he's going to Ohio State. It's like they produce freaks, and I'm sure he talked about that with you. I'm, I'm just assuming. Um, that was probably a big thing, part of his recruitment, quarterback room at Notre Dame. You know, and then Dante starts looking around, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go to Ohio State. He's not going to go to Notre Dame. I'm just, you know, the way it played out and whatnot. But it, it was two guys. Midwest guys, Midwest elite five-star guys that when you're Notre Dame, those are dudes that you should be getting, just like Justin Scott. You know, Justin Scott, the big nose guard out of uh, Chicago, you know, the Chicago Catholic League. That's another one. Notre Dame has to land when he's down the road from you. So those two guys are lightning rods, interesting backstories, but I will read it because I love reading backstories. Why? Even if a kid doesn't come. Okay. What did they have to say? Yeah. The one Mike Goolsby calls me the eternal optimist, but then I just called, called a hater all day. So, you know, <laughs> always something. Really Andrew, Gil- good then today, Andrew Gilmore says, who comes into, appreciate the super chat, says, who comes into 2023 is the best player defense? Uh, ben Morrison. I mean, I told you mine for six months. I mean, I'm Brandon Vernon all day. So, no, 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 no. Best player. Not best player in the class. Like oh, best. okay. I'm thinking recruit. Like he was the top. I'm sorry, the top guy for uh, the 22, you know, season. I'm sorry. No, like who's who's the best player on this defense coming next year? 
who will be the, that's a great question. Who, who will be the, you know, well, you're MVP a year from now. Um, well, you're thinking well, Morrison sets the bar. Then you just got to think, well, who could like who could be better than Morrison? I don't, I don't know if there's, you know. Yeah, I mean, six picks is one away from anti Teo. So how's that? That's pretty. It's pretty awesome when you look at interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions in college. Speaking football. of anti Teo, I watched the part one of that documentary. I had, st- I had not seen it yet. Our old friend Greg Lackey pops up. You've seen it. I have not. I only watched the beginning. I only watched a little, and I was like, "I this is a popcorn. I haven't had a time. To, I got That's a popcorn one. So I need to get a good popcorn and, and get knee deep into that." Yeah, Greg Lackey gets a quick cameo. What? Um, you know, from a a, film, a a broadcast that he was in. You know, when when Manti was a recruit. But I was like, I know him. Oh, Pretty I love cool. It. All right, let, let's let's move on to talking about CJ Williams. Tim recruiting is uh I, 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 it this is it doesn't end. That's a great way to put it. I could not believe yeah. that Notre I mean this this one-time transfer rule in the portal has really changed everything in college football. To think that I wrote that we talked just talked about Dante Moore and Carnell Tate, how I wrote that article, how that I did the same thing with CJ Williams. Like I wrote the same article and interviewed him at the same event about why he didn't pick Notre Dame. Love um, it. And uh, yeah, here we are. And and there now it, it he's he's going to be visiting Notre Dame this weekend. Wow. Uh, Tim, what what's what's your reaction to this? You know, as a um, as a guy who's uh, you know coached a lot of football in Southern California. Yeah. Well, number one, huge huge. Uh, you know, realization by him that Notre Dame is where he should have been, right? That's, <laughs> I mean, if, if this where it goes, how interesting that is. Um, I mean, what, I mean, Notre Dame, the wide receiver room probably could have, I mean, is the wide receiver room a mess because we did, CJ Williams wasn't at Notre Dame this year? That's that one extra body would have been in the, in the spring, spring and summer, getting reps. How would he have done? Uh, things of that nature. But uh, it was, I'll be honest with you, I was, I was pretty excited. Because Notre Dame doesn't get modern day guys. They haven't. They haven't had modern day guys in a long time. And the fact that they went out there, it's to me, it's a huge. I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, it goes back to this idea of Notre Dame does not get undergrads, right? And my philosophy on this whole undergrad thing is, and I've talked about it a hundred times on the message board, is I think, you know, people, oh, we can't get undergrads. I think, I, and I've said this that I think Freeman is going to go after guys they, they recruited before, you know, I know you tagged me and I've had a little fun with it with the, with the Michigan guy who left, who just signed with Oklahoma, but Notre Dame recruited him. Notre Dame recruited the, the Iowa guy, correct. Who went to Kansas state. They recruited him as an undergrad. I didn't say offer, but they recruited him. Reese communicated with him and stuff. I don't like this take. As far as what I think, I think that helps. Hold on. They're not going to go get some fresh. They're not going to go get some freshman from Florida State who's leaving after his freshman year that they never recruited. Notre Dame's not going to get those guys, but Notre Dame's going to have a tie with the C.J. Williams, who they recruited, went through admissions, to where if he wants to leave after a freshman year, they've already got a foot in the door with those guys. Completely different. And you okay, are a real take? I, I like it now. I like it. Yeah. I see where you went with it, and yeah. I, I, I think it's a really interesting take. Yeah. I want to see more data, though. Sure. I want to see a little bit more data to see if 
the undergrads that they are able to go after are ones who they already, you know, they have that not only relationship with from a coaching staff, but maybe there's the academic component too. that. Hey, he, we, we already have all this information on him from the academic standpoint, but he's in high school. Um, now it could be easier to get him into school. Totally just speculating here, but that, I think that's, that's an interesting, it's an interesting it, take. Well, it's, in, you know, and the other thing is academics, uh, you know, after your freshman year, I mean, you know, some of your courses will transfer in, but you go to summer school, you can do an extra winter quarter, whatever the heck it is to get caught up where if you're a junior now, right. If you're a guy that's, you know, A&M, you know, A&M or, you know, university of Texas, whatever, who's in his junior year. Now you have, you know, six, seven semesters of academic courses trying to move around. Those may be different than a CJ Williams who we recruited a year ago and he's had two years or, you know, two semesters at a, at USC. That's my, that's my think take when you're looking at these undergrads, you know, I know people on the message board and Notre Dame fans are like, Oh my God, we can't get so-and-so. Why can't we get this guy? Notre Dame needs to change everything. Well, Notre Dame didn't recruit so-and-so, like I said, out of Miami, Florida state, Alabama, who just left. So what makes you think they're going to have a shot at him now anyway? So I think that's my take as far as undergrad transfers and Notre Dame fandom, just, you know, you know, take a break on it. And at the end of the day, as we've said, this is going to be a program that's built on recruiting. And then when they need the older guys, they're going to go get those older guys. And Notre Dame has had a lot of success with grad transfers. And I think that will continue as we're seeing this year, right? All their transfers are grad transfers this year. Yeah. So far. Um, yeah. I was actually just che- texting with the, someone close to CJ asking, Hey, is that visit locked in? And I uh, was told, uh, Tentative, tentatively headed to Notre Dame tomorrow, and I, and my response was, "It's kind of late to get the book the, that trip booked." And the response back was, hey, "That that's how it is with these transfer portal. I mean, we're talking twenty four hours out that these these things are like finalized, set in stone. If I tried to book a trip the day before, I don't think it would meet my budget. But hey, Notre Dame's got a, Dame got a much bigger budget, so yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they could get a ticket after what today? What was it? Every airline I saw this morning was uh, grounded. So hopefully he doesn't have really? to take a bus. Yeah, I, I saw that this morning. So hopefully he doesn't have to take a bus from a." Uh, <laughs> Orange County to uh, South Bend. Yeah, I don't think that would be a uh, a good first recruiting impression there. Um, before we move on to our next topic, Tim, just your thought about how this might, you know, impact the receiver room. Um, you know, you, you bring in Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores. These, you know, I hate using possession receiver because yeah. that's a negative term most people, but like, tech, you know, technicians at the receiver position, right? Um, who can do multiple things. You could play him inside, outside. I think you would throw CJ Williams in that as well. So I think that could be an interesting thing where you have all these young receivers coming in with similar skill sets. But my response to that would be, it's a good problem to have, right? So um, I I actually think Rico and CJ have pretty similar skill sets. What do you think? Yes, and then you go back to the the California roots and the California schools they come from at Modern Day and Folsom High that produce elite quarterbacks, two programs that win, throw the football, and are well, well coached, both of these guys at, at both of their high schools. So it's a huge positive. And as far as the room goes, I mean, it's a it's going to be a young package here. And as far as seniors go, yeah, you know, Salerno's coming back, you know, you know, be the block and wide receiver, which was a ton this year. And then you got Caleb Smith, who's just a big physical 
presence out there, the Virginia Tech grad transfer, he's going to play a lot. He's a good football player. And then outside of that, you have this, this group of juniors, correct? With, you know, Colsey, Thomas, Styles. And then, like you said, let's see. I mean, I mean, you've mentioned all these freshmen are going to be in or early enrollees. So they're going to have a whole winter conditioning, a whole spring. It's going to be huge. And I, I think with Hartman coming in, they're going to be at an 11 personnel team. We're going to yeah. see an offense with three wides on the field. We're not going to see burn the clock, run the clock, two tight ends, Sherwood in there. We're going to see a traditional 11 personnel football well, Not only Hartman coming in, but Mayer going out, right? So, you you, the, yeah. you know, Mayer, you'd be crazy not to have yes. at least one tight end on the field at all times. And oftentimes the Irish would have two out there, yeah. Uh, yeah. but not, you know, that I don't think that's uh, that's going to be the case as much. Well, we, we opened up the show talking about, um, you know, the Leprechaun's game day book um, from Mike Brown. So I, I figure – Let's just bring him in. Let's just let him talk. Let's just let him talk himself. Uh, again, folks, this is uh, this is the this is the book that you want to go ahead and, and purchase. I use the promo code BG twenty three Leprechauns Game Day at Notre Dame. Um, so you, for folks watching on YouTube, you see Mike Brown there, and don't, tell me he does not look the exact same. That was the graduating class two thousand and one, hey, and here we are in two thousand twenty three. Like, like that, and you look like you have not aged today. How you doing, Mike? Well, th- thank you. Appreciate that, Mike. And I'm doing really well. It's always a, it's a great day to be part of the ND family. So it's a great day. You all are fun. <laughs> like I love this, by the way. So I love uh, I love what you're doing. It's good, great conversation. So I don't know. Great to be here. I just hope your favorite part is the Mike Singer takes and uh, when. <laughs> When Tim Hyde talks, eh, he's you it's, know eh. it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat middle school basketball losing by thirty. That that's a tough. I, I was sold after that top of the hour, top of the. Hey, real quick, real quick. We were down by twelve last week against our rival. Five minutes down the street, we came back and beat them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Before I got into this full time, I was also a uh, I was a middle school PE teacher and coach. So. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm there with you, Tim. I was our head girls basketball coach, and we once won a game four to two. We, we scored off the tip off, high score, two zero, and we took that lead in the halftime, and we won four to two. So, um, or were the four points scored by the same person? Oh yeah, our, our <laughs> offense was give this girl the ball and just hope something good happens. I love it. You gotta that start was, somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Get just you gotta throw start. up. And yeah. hope it lands somewhere near the hoop, and if it goes in, that's a that's a big plus. But uh, we all had that first shot in our lives. <laughs> there you go. All right, so tell us what's going on, Mike. The last time we had you on our show, I believe, it was in late August. Um, so that was when we were taking like pre-orders for the book. Right. I want to say so. What's what's been new with it, Mike? Just, just it's here. <laughs> so so yeah. So it seems like an eternity ago, right? Because. On that day, August 25th, 2022, is when we were talking about, I think that the graphic still says pre-order. Oh, but oh the book, I need the, Don't, don't send worry me a about new, it. Send me a new graphic, yeah, Mike. We're all good. We're all good. We're all good. But it's now available. And so the book was actually published on September 20th, 2022. And before I say anything else, Mike and Tim, I want to just thank Blue Gold Illustrated, Blue Gold Illustrated for the support, right? You all have really been there throughout that pre-order journey and process as we were starting to roll the book out. And then you were there uh, when we uh, initially published a book. I actually was in 
North Carolina for the North Carolina game at the Indy Club of Northeastern Carolina. Tyler Horker was there and we ended up uh, having a book signing and we both gave a talk and everything. But it was the exact week that the book came out and Notre Dame won. So it was a great, a great week. But nonetheless, the book's been published. It's been doing well. Uh, the sales have been going great. And we just appreciate really the, the support. But what's been really cool about it all is the, the engagement we've been able to have with families, with children uh, on campus. We've had book signs at the bookstore at different Notre Dame clubs across the country, different uh, parts of the area here in, I mean, the South Bend uh, area. And so it's just been great to engage with people and, and, and hear their experiences with the book. Uh, I get texts and we get emails and messages on Facebook, on Twitter, <laughs> you name it, Instagram of people showing us with their kids reading the book and engaging with it in some way. We've had some people actually be on campus and go to some of the sites that are in the book. So we feature Touchdown Jesus, for example, the library, we feature the Golden Dome. And so their children will take pictures that mirror the pictures that are images that are in the book itself or vice versa, right? Or they'll come to campus see these things, get the book, and then go home and, and say, oh, I was there. I was at the grotto. Uh, there's one, there's one, uh, a good friend of mine, class of 01, uh, Joe Five. I don't think she'll mind me saying her name, but she, her son did a book report uh, at school and he, he, his book report was about his Notre Dame game day experience. And so he had pictures from his time at Notre Dame this past fall, and then he had the book itself. And so he used that as part of his overall, uh, book report. So it's been fun just kind of getting all, all the positive feedback. It's been, I mean, my God, indie game day. We go to the bowl. It's been a great year. I'm happy. <laughs> it's been a great year. <laughs> Mike, do you think if you took your, um, your, your suit out of that frame behind you, could you fit into it? <laughs> well, that's a good question. So that is, that's, that's also a change since the last time we talked, I got this in the frame now. So I told the coaches, I can't, I can't do it, but I couldn't fit it because Mike, I've been working out, man. Hey. Come on now. You see these shows? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too buff for that now. Come on. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I when when we've been talking about this book, Mike, and, and I, I want you to dive into a little bit more what people can expect if they purchase it. It's that like if you read an article or, or something or a Bloom and Gold magazine, like some of those things um are, are not evergreen and that like you read it and then it's going to get outdated by future information right. right your book i mean if you pick that up in 40 years from now like that like notre dame you know is just such a traditional rich program you know things might tinker a little bit but like yeah. notre dame's going to be notre dame and they might years. triple the size of the stadium you know <laughs> they might so, build four extra levels <laughs> no and I've been telling folks, like, you pick this up. This will be an, an invaluable thing for you for the long term. You buy this for your young one. They're going to pass it on to their young ones. We just need to brainwash more people into love of Notre Dame. Right, Mike? We, we absolutely do. Uh, we've been talking about drinking the Notre Dame Kool-Aid. And so we want people to guzzle it. <laughs> we want the kids to start guzzling Notre Dame Kool-Aid. And so, but but you're right, man. So my, I got introduced to Notre Dame when I was in high school, right? So I didn't know about really uh, Notre Dame until my senior year. What we wanna do is introduce uh, these kids right when they're young, but also the parents, right? A lot of the parents uh, of, of children have had their own unique experience with the university many times on campus. And so we wanted to kind of take that experience and bottle it up. And like you say, it's something that we hope uh, contains that magic of the game day experience 
forever, right? So we hope, right, that the grotto hopefully isn't going anywhere. Uh, and that special moments that people have had at the grotto. Uh, when you look, that photo there is in front of the in front of the Golden Dome where they have step off, and you got fans lined up, and the band is getting ready to, to step off from the Golden Dome. You got the march past the library, and you got the you know the leprechaun with the cheerleaders running out uh, in front of the football team across that field. I got a chance to do that 12 times. And it was just an unbelievable experience each and every time. And so we wanted to kind of bottle that up and essentially share uh, that magic of, of that beautiful game day experience, which, which so many people have done, but some haven't. And so we want to, even for those who haven't done that, we want to give them a little introduction to that as well. Hopes that they hopefully will come to campus one day with that experience. Mike, you got your first super chat, man. Anthony says, who is the Chris Zorge, Todd Light, Tim Brown, and Tony Brooks on this team? Um <laughs> hey, okay, first of all, we did not break any NIL rules. So we made sure no player in the book looks like anyone in real life. <laughs> Anthony, appreciate it, man. Uh Mike, anything else you you know that uh, that's unique about this book that you'd want to touch on and any other details? Sure. So I guess the one thing I would say, Mike, is uh we one thing that we've noticed and we were very intentional about when it comes to the book is right let's make no mistake about it i was i'm black <laughs> and you see the book you see a very a black leprechaun on the cover of it that's very intentional right it's in my own image so i should have my own and nil deal with myself i suppose huh? <laughs> but uh we, we were very intentional about the diversity uh that's within the book and representation right so we were very bold and making sure that that leprechaun was black that was on the front front of the front of the book as you look throughout the pages of the book you will notice you know some of the people that are in the band right you've got men you've got women you've got people with different heights different hair colors you've got a, a woman with red hair as one of the drum majors so um we we tried to really be intentional on each and every page and i mean it each and every page where we hope there's a kid, there's uh, even a teenager, right? There's a, a, an illustrator that's gonna be an illustrator someday, a parent, a Notre Dame fan. We hope everyone sees themselves in some way in the book, right? So I've had friends text me and say, Mike, my son wants to be number 10. Like on, on page 10 in the book, there's a player number 10, he wants to be that guy. And I've had other parents say, oh, my player wants to be number seven. And so, but we love those experiences that people are having with their children. And we just, we really put an emphasis on having to be a very, a book that has diverse uh, characters in it, whether it's skin tone, heights, hair colors, eye colors, you name it. So we're intentional about that. And then we just wanted people to be represented uh, in their own way and see themselves in a way in, in the book itself. So we, we feel as though we've accomplished it. it. It's something that we actually haven't, we've had people tell us, right? Like uh, that, that, man, they really see it and it, sh it, it shined. Uh, it, was, it was something that they noticed right away in the book itself. So we've been very proud of that. And, hope that carries on as well yeah so let's, before we get you out of here mike lepgameday.com if you're watching this on your tv or uh on your laptop grab your phone you can scan the qr code that'll pull it to the website up but again lepgameday.com lepgameday.com and uh this promo code bg23 you will put pen to paper and I, you will yes. sign <laughs> That's yeah, and this deal. is, I, I'm telling you, so the book's been doing well. It's been selling, which has been great and grateful for that. But because it's been selling, I actually outsource now my fulfillment services. So I don't package and ship my own books anymore. But for you, for the Blue and Gold Illustrated 
community, I will be doing that. I'm going to do that for the rest of the month. BG23, letgameday.com. Just for you, I will be signing, going to the post office, and personally mailing the books to your your crew. <laughs> That's awesome, Mike. Well, definitely appreciate it uh, for you for you joining us, Mr. Brown. And any uh, any last thoughts for our, our community here? Let's get it, man. Have a, have a good time. Love this show. Keep bringing the energy. Love the insights. And uh, look, there there is no off season anymore. This is a, this is it's a wild time uh, in, in collegiate athletics. Period. So. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Thanks for the work you all are doing and keeping us uh, informed. And if, you, if you do somehow get back into the Leprechaun game, <laughs> you're breaking the news on this yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. So someone said there should be a sign that says, "In case of emergency, break glass." <laughs> <laughs> so if, awesome. if it's that, if we're in that kind of trouble, then you're going to need uh, some other help, I suppose. But but yeah, no, it's been fun. I'll let you, you be the first to know. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Take it easy. Thank man. you, guys. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Mike Brown, definitely a, a good friend of the show. And Tim, you you had the book. Do your kids love it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually sent it to my uh, niece and nephews uh, for Christmas. So I sent those down out there in California. And they, oh, yeah, they're all Irish. And my entire family's got Irish gear like crazy. So I sent those for a couple of gifts this year. So they were obviously thrilled. All right. A couple more things um that i uh, regarding going back to the cj williams discussion he's not like it, that's not a done deal mm-hmm. by any stretch i don't know if we were talking about it as it is if yeah, you talk right. to people at wisconsin wisconsin folks think they're he's going there ucla folks you know it was a usc ucla battle um you know after he decommitted from notre dame um, so UCLA is very much in the picture there. Wisconsin's the one that's just like, really, Wisconsin? Oh, but right. he wants to go to a place that has, you know, a, a, a room where he can be a number one receiver from the jump. Um, and I, I think that opportunity is there for him at Notre Dame. I think Wisconsin's doing something like three transfer portal quarterback additions. Have you seen this, Tim? I know. Oh, I mean, I'm, well, number one, they got Luke Fickle, so you know he's going to be aggressive as can be to go out there and get guys. And he's got he's got Phil Longo, the North Carolina, you know, offensive coordinator who throws the ball like crazy. So uh, it's yeah, they're going to be aggressive. They're not going to sit there and run thirteen personnel and hand off or run power O anymore. They're going to he's going to open it up like Fickle did at Cincinnati. Now, when when we've debated about the. Notre Dame being aggressive in the under in the transfer portal market, especially undergrads. Are you come? Are you agreeing with me a little bit more there, Tim? Well, my whole, t- I mean, I'll be. I mean, when you say aggressive, aggressive means you get guys. That's 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 my take on aggressive. So aggress, anyone can send an offer out, Mike. So uh, being aggressive, uh, saying you have an offer. Aggr- uh, hey, my take once again. We went over this a month ago. My take on recruiting is you get the guys. Being aggressive, I, I still don't understand your uh, going after it. They were not doing it, and they are now. Like they are, Brian Kelly was not going after undergrad guys. Like like this, hold on. This not sound like this was around between fifteen and twenty for Brian Kelly to do. So this is completely new. And if Freeman's being aggressive, well, of course, these are the rules. So the rules are out there, and he is being aggressive. Who are they going to get in that portal in the undergrad side? That's going back to my point. I think they're going to get guys they have pre-existing relationships with. I don't think they're going to get. I mean, there's. I mean, Walker Howard. He just. I saw that earlier. The LSU quarterback just hit the portal a few hours ago. Can you so, imagine? 
<laughs> not that they'll go after him, but, um, you know, guys, you know, I mean, he just took a trip. I don't know how far along they went with that, but, um, some other guys, yeah, I mean, Anthony Lucas, right. They recruited him. He was a finalist. He's in the portal. Notre Dame has a relationship. He went all the way to the end in recruiting, but he's not interested in Notre Dame. He's going to go to USC. So, um, aggressive aggressive is yeah it's an interesting term or i guess it's just potato potato yes, uh, yes. It, 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 it doesn't run. okay they are being aggressive but when yes, anthony posted this super chat i thought it was <laughs> i thought it had to do with the book my mind was just, i i just was struck i was like is is there's is this has got to do with the book um who okay the zorich light brown and brooks okay um uh, Dude, I mean, so, those are four for the best. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got yeah, you got a Heisman Trophy winner. You got you know Zorich, a college Hall of Famer. Todd Light was nominated before. Speaking of Hall of Fame, cheers to Mike Stonebreaker. Yeah, a great All American linebacker in '88 and 1990 made the College Hall of Fame yesterday. The dude, I mean, he's outstanding. It him, Manti Teo, two best linebackers. Since I, you know, watched those two guys, I mean, boom, Mount Rushmore, you know, from as I was posting with some people on the message board, from, they're they're up there. They're oh up there. well, you just gave me a great off season for the dog days of the summer. Somewhere. Oh, we we have a lot of them. Yeah, we'll have a lot Mount of those. Rushmore. We'll do a Mount Rushmore video and let you I, and let you and Goolsby yell at each other. You'll put Sam Hartman on there. He'll put Tyler Buckner. But as far real quick, so when I thought of Zorich, I'm like, so is this Zorich? Going into 88 when he was, you know, a sophomore and he was that unnamed guy, or are we talking Zorich 1990? Notre Dame doesn't have that guy. Todd Light, they have two great corners, you know, you know, Morrison, obviously. Cam Hart has that potential. Tim Brown, you're talking about, a, a, I mean, he's a freak. I mean, he's college Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer. Who can that guy be? Tobias Mer- Merriweather, probably skills speed-wise, but te- big game-wise potential on the perimeter like Tim Brown was he won't run the ball like Tim Brown did in the running back or a return guy and then I interesting someone mentioned Tony Brooks because they had so many running backs Ricky Waters always gets so much of the love from that era but first guy I thought I mean Tony Brooks I would I mean that's digs someone posted estimate no Brooks had breakaway speed which digs can once he gets going I would say uh, Logan Diggs <laughs> Logan Diggs on next year's team that's my quick little breakdown on that all right uh what's even on the agenda i closed on my my list didn't they get some guy some guy who's uh throwing the football around i guess he's okay (laughs) hey you know all right so what do you want to say on this what do you want to say on this it's been a couple weeks yeah well yeah we haven't done our show since um Mm -hmm. this news so look the just quickly tim you're a Hartman guy. Like you're, you're, you're excited about this edition, right? Like think it's going to make a big impact. Yeah. I mean, when you say Hartman guy, it's like, yeah, who's the best football player that's going to win football games for Notre Dame. That's, that's what I am. I'm a, who's going to win help, help win games for Notre Dame. Who's the best football player to win games for Notre Dame? Not, well, you know, let's get so-and-so some experience and talk about down the road. I don't know. I, I'm done talking about down the road. So, I mean, Notre Dame is in a, I mean, this is a completely different era going, talking porthole and transfer and NIL. Everything's completely different. So I'm looking at Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame football, you know, agree to disagree, whatever it is out there, but it's a year by year thing now. Every single year is going to be a different team. 
there's no, well, we're going to bring in these three linemen, feed them, and hopefully they play as juniors. Season, you could have a completely different team from day one to your bowl game with transfers. Exactly, Exactly, as we just saw. You know, the guy who starts quarterback for 10 games, you know, left. So, man, you got to win. And my big thing with this Hartman is I've always looked at – number one, I'm stunned he's – I thought for sure he was coming to the NFL. Someone asked me a month ago, uh, you know, actually someone sent me a message on the message board in the, in the little private one. Like, Hey Tim, you know, what do you think of uh, Hartman? I'm like, no, I'm not going to waste my time on him. I guess going pro he's played five years. Who the heck wants to play six? That's my old take with these six year guys, dude, move on. But he is choosing to play a six year. He's a stud. I've watched a lot. of. I've watched his worst games. Watching the games he throws six touchdowns, who cares? I mean, you can watch five minutes of YouTube highlights. I went and watched the games he threw a lot of picks. And the guy's a damn good quarterback. He is good. So what happened happened when he was struggling? Do you like getting hit in the face? I mean, he, he gets crushed. This dude gets hit so hard. And I watched the pick game, the ACC championship game. That game is nip and tuck till the fourth quarter. And he is getting laid out time and time and time again. Throws some uh, bad picks. And I'm like, the guy just got crushed five straight plays. That guy's going to throw a pick. Um, and, and real quick on his interceptions, just to you know, uh, you know, mention that, a lot of these picks are timing routes, I've noticed. He's not throwing bad balls. They're timing routes. You always see the, you know, the reaction like, dude, you run the out there. It's man. He had one guy beat for a man beater. And the guy ran a post instead of running the out and up as he was talking. So just a few of those things I went and watched. I went and watched the his worst games. One thing I will say real quick on him is in his worst football games, there's two things you never see. The ball never hits the dirt. The ball never hits the ground. The ball is always in position for his guys to make a play, even in his worst football games. And next thing, you don't see balls 10 yards over people's heads. 10 yards in front of people's heads, way off out of bounds and whatnot. I'm telling you, I was more impressed in his losses than I was his win. So, so when you say Hartman guy, it's who's going to give Notre Dame the best chance to win. This is Marcus Freeman's second year. Say what you want. You know, my take is, man, it's his second year. Can Marcus Freeman really go eight and four? Seriously, can he go eight and four? Because then what starts to happen the next year and the next year? The pressure builds. You can't go eight and four at Notre Dame two years in a row. And I think Marcus Freeman was just like, boom, who in the heck is going to get me to 11 and one? Just saying, just throwing a number out. So, and we're not going through this again. I think that's what happened. And this is why we're in this situation. What does this mean for the rest of the quarterback room? Like, let's say, you know, when, when Jack Coton came in, they had mm-hmm. the the quarterback battle, right? Yeah. And, you know, the Buckner-Pine quarterback battle was maybe a little bit of one, but, I mean, we all kind of expected it to be Buckner. But, you know, like with Cohen coming in, it was like, all right, this this is the guy. Mm-hmm. If we're just going – I don't think it's going to be quite – I think it's going to be a real battle between the two guys. But you do have to assume Hartman's the guy, right? So where does that leave two guys specifically, in your opinion, Tim, in Tyler Buckner and Steve Angeli? I want you to give maybe your opinion and then what you could like what you think will happen, like what what you would do if you were them, and then what you actually think will happen. Yeah, and the whole thing, you know, when I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, after our uh, 
I, I think our post game show when we were talking about Hartman after the the Gator Bowl, and I said instantly, yeah, he's going to win the, you know, he's the starter. I'm being captain obvious. He's, yeah. you know, yeah, captain obvious. He's the best quarterback. He is the better player. Are they going to have a competition? Of course they are. They're going to get equal reps. They're going to run around. They're going to give Buckner. They're going to put him in the same situations Hartman is. And if Buckner goes out there and lights it up and is throwing the ball like Sam Hartman does, then awesome. But what are the odds of that's going to happen? Let's just be honest. Let me interrupt you. Isn't that kind of – if that happens, I don't have much Ooh. of a rela- – if I'm Notre Dame, I don't have much of a relationship with Sam Hartman. He just got here. You know, I'll kick you like, bye, like, bye, because you can go somewhere else, you know, but – no, no, and you're right. So if that happens in the spring, great. I mean, I like Tyler Buckner. I was glad he he won the job. I was glad he named he was named the guy. I wish they would have played him a little bit more in some key roles. I thought he played outstanding as a freshman in games and the USC game, the Vautech game. Um, obviously, uh, got, oh, the North Carolina game where he audibles, man. He ma- he makes two checks down there where they score, which is outstanding. He's got a ton of ability, but being Captain Obvious, being you know, no doubt the guy gets injured. He gets injured even in his freshman year for crying out loud. He gets beat. You know, he plays in the Purdue game, gets a little dinged up. He misses Wisconsin. You know, he gets hurt in the people forget the Virginia tech game. Remember they bench Cohen. He's playing. He's, he's taking them to the uh, lead. He throws an interception. He sprains his ankle on the, on the damn sidelines running to go make a tackle. So Jack Cohn comes They didn't bench Buckner that game. He hurt his ankle, but uh, Cohn comes in and takes him to, you know, 10 points to win that game at the end of the year. And the Fiesta Bowl, people always talk about, well, why didn't Buckner get in? You know, why didn't you use him? It was, you know, basically said by Freeman, he had a sore hamstring. He couldn't run in this game. And then I missed his 10 games. So he's a good quarterback. I like Tyler Buckner. Your question, your, you know, my long-winded answer here is what happens to them? It's a redshirt freshman next year, right? He is. He's a redshirt freshman. What? Where is Tyler Buckner going to go? And let's let's be brutally honest about this for 30 seconds. What power five head football coach is going to take Tyler Buckner and give him the starting job? I mean, be honest. I mean, I'm being brutally honest here. Who is going to take him? Because if I'm Luke Fickle, you said he's taking quarterbacks like crazy. Is, Is Luke Fickle going to take Tyler Buckner not knowing he better have a number two ready to go in a heartbeat? Whoever, wherever, if he transfers, let's say he goes through spring and he knows he's not the guy and he's all bitter and I just want to go play. So I'm going to go to um, Washington State. Let's put Washington State. I've had an offensive lineman go up there and play. Let's say Wazoo. Well, who's Washington State's number two? Because that head football coach up there better know. Because what's the odds of Buckner finishing a season? He's been at Notre Dame twice and he hasn't been healthy in every game. Well, he would have a spot at all, like a bunch of power fives, but no guaranteed. Spot. Exactly. But but all but so many of these quarterbacks are going to places where they know they're going to be the dude. They know that. I mean, you're not you're not transferring. If I'm Tyler Buckner, I'm not going to UCLA. Actually, that'd probably be a good spot. I don't know what they have. Tell you the truth, Dante yeah. Moore. Uh, is, is Chip Kelly going to play him as a true freshman? We'll find out. He's probably an earlier. But but anyway, let's just say he goes. Yeah, let's use UCLA. You know, you know they've had you know Dorian Robinson there. So Buckner comes in, but wherever. My whole point on all this is wherever he goes, that head football coach knows he better have a number two. He has to have a number two. Where Notre Dame, if if Buckner leaves, I'm telling you guys, Hartman, Hartman has been hit harder than any quarterback I've watched film on. I mean, and he just keeps playing. Yeah. His old his old line. I looked at the stats, by the way. 
his four years or like four straight years of watch at Wake Forest, the old lines ranked in the one hundreds on sacks given up. The dude is hit nonstop. Yet look at the numbers he constantly put up. What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do at Notre Dame's offensive line? Let's be real. They got dudes, right? They got better running back. They got dudes. That's why he's coming to Notre Dame. He's got guys around him that he hasn't had. And he's going to play in a true pro-style offense. And, and that's the bottom line. But real quick, within, you know, within Jelly, I mean, he's a he red-shirted. So something's going to happen, right? This is a one-year rental. Let's also talk about that. It's a one-year rental. He's a six year, six years, which is just maddening to think about. I'll be honest. It's like crazy. No one's going to have a six-year quarterback. But, um, yeah, and I mean – what happens if Buckner stays? I think Buckner is going to stay because you always need a number two. I go back to Freeman's quote in August when they announced Buckner. What's the first thing Marcus Freeman talked about? Oh, I told Drew Pine, you know, I was, I've been in coaching my, you know, as long as I've been in coaching, you always have a number two. First thing Marcus Freeman said in August. So he's going to use that same thing now with Tyler Buckner. But Drew Pine was okay with that. Is Tyler Buckner going to be? That's the thing. He's been at Notre Dame for two years and he's, you know, he's, He's never he's never suited up in every single game. Has he? He has not suited up in every. No, single that's game. not what I'm talking about, though. Von Tyler Buckner. I'm not sure. I, I'm okay with that. Well, then fine. Then you know. Then if he goes somewhere else, he's going to have the same issues. He's going to have that's, the same. Issues. That's the that's the argument. If I'm, if, I'm, if if Buckner yes. comes to me and says, "Hey, I'm, I, I'm thinking about going," it's it's the grass green on the other side. That's that's especially, good... when, you, especially when you know Hartman is gone. And if Hartman goes out and what if Hartman blows out his shoulder, then it's back to Buckner and then Buckner, the same situations are going to arise with Buckner. And then you better make sure you got in jelly and Minchie ready to roll. If, if they're the backups next year, let's say, you know, let's say it's 2021, three quarterbacks are going to be used. So this spring for Minchie and, and jelly is huge to yeah. see who's that, yeah. that who's that drew pine of 2021. Yeah. This coming season, I think Angeli. I'm just kind of throwing him in there, just to see what you think. But I think that one's he's so young, like he's just he's going to stay at Notre Dame this year. We'll see what kind of where the things lay after or lie after this season. Yeah, you know, um, you know, just going. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough situation, you know, because Tyler Buckner obviously was highly ranked, gets COVID, no football in California. You know, he had transferred, like I said, to Helix High, one of the premier schools in Southern California. He was excited to play, and then, you know, it comes to Notre Dame, and then they bring in Cone, you know, who was obviously a good football player. But Tyler Buckner played a lot that year, so when he is out there, he's a good, he's a good football player, you know. And obviously, you could say, and this is, my, uh, you know, what, you know, one last take on this: this whole, well, you just play him and give him reps. Take that's a, I'm telling you, that's a tough one. I'm thinking of Marcus Freeman once again. Marcus Freeman sitting back here saying, all right, I'm just going to give Buckner reps. And if I go eight and four, if he gets hurt again, or, you know, let's say he misses two games. He's got an ankle injury, misses two games. Am I going to flip a coin in those, in those two games on what I have? I, I truly believe Marcus Freeman just said, hell no. I'm going out and getting the best damn football player I could get to lead this football team. Cause I got to win getting these guys ready for a 2024 when the playoffs expand. Yeah. All right, chat's losing their mind a little bit about uh, defensive line transfer portal stuff. Um, yeah, Byron Vaughn's the Utah State defensive lineman was on campus last week. We'll see if Notre Dame's able to land him or anyone else. But otherwise, guys, it, it's 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 quiet on that front. And you know, you'll see reports from me or or other outlets about Notre Dame transfer portal stuff. But it's 
it's a lot different than high school reporting, like high school recruiting reporting, where it's a lot more information is very readily available, right? With, with the transfer portal, it's a little bit different. I think that these schools don't want stuff leaking as much with, with the transfer portal. So um, look, if it, if it's, if it's not out there, it's not out there for a reason. So I just, just chill, chill your panties a little bit. Um, now for folks losing their mind about Al Washington and calling him the worst coach ever, jury is still out on Al Washington, Notre Dame's defensive line coach, whether he can cut it here or not. But this is, this is just my thing. I just want to challenge you folks. Who's talking about Chris? Who's talking about Chris O'Leary? What is, what is Chris O'Leary? I, and I really like Chris O'Leary. What has Chris O'Leary done since he became Notre Dame safety's coach? Tell me about the safety safeties he's recruited. Yeah. Right. He's been, this is what he's going on his third year in this position. Like, like, so he, so I, I just lose my mind on like Al Washington's the new Jeff Quinn. Let's just go after these coaches. But like Jeff Quinn recruited some dudes. Oh, don't, don't you start now. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my God, Tim. What am I doing? Don't, don't get in. I have no idea what Jeff Quinn is doing, by the way. Uh, Can uh, I say something on this? Yeah. This Al Washington thing is like going crazy. The guy's been, at you know. But I, it, is someone out there like is someone just their whole life's mission is to just throw Al Washington under the bus? But like no one else, no one like it's only Al Washington. Chris, maybe Chris O'Leary, eh, you know, eh, or God forbid Al Golden. Like oh nah, nah. Well, look at Mickens before Ben Morrison. Like how many big time corners did he recruit in, in a couple of years? And nah, just screw the yeah. Those guys are fine. I just don't like Al Washington. That's just. That's just well, well, Mickens has that. yeah, Mickens' his whole entire first class is played as much as you and I, his DB class, that 2021 class. So half of them are gone. So but yeah, the Al Washington thing's interesting because obviously he has a good reputation. But recruiting dudes to Ohio State is a lot different than it is recruiting dudes to Notre Dame. But at the same time, Mike, you put up an article a week ago, you know, where you're talking about recruiting and 2024 guys and things of that nature. There's some damn good defensive linemen that are pegged to come to Notre Dame. So they already got the, you know, the stud out of what Connecticut is it? Yeah. Connecticut, Jersey, Waffle or Wafel? Don't, yep. don't see the, you know, they got the twins. One of the twins is is just like the Adamiolas. One of them's top 100, just like Adamiola was in, ranked in the top 100. And then his brother's going to come along. Lindsey, you and I did a video on Lindsey nine months ago. He's an absolute stud yeah. out of Arkansas. So it's this whole Justin Scott. Well, they don't get Justin Scott. Al Washington stinks. Well, Justin Scott's a is a true nose. So he's a – I mean, to me, he looks like a two-gap nose guard is what he does. So, you know, who's you – know, Notre Dame strikes out on them. Things happen, as we've seen. So it's, it's just like if you're going to criticize Al Washington for the results, like be fair and go after everyone else. Well, the O'Leary thing, they lose the kid to Iowa, who's a five-star, and they lost out on – Caleb Downs when it's right oh, and Caleb obviously Downs. my God and Bowen what am I thinking I already forgot yeah, about him. Bowen you know where you have a first round draft choice out of Georgia who starts for three years for Notre Dame you could that's your poster child and they've yet to sign a guy to replace yeah. him and again I'm not I'm not trying to come after O'Leary or or, or, or any of these guys I'm yeah, just like I just don't get why it's just Washington like it's just like ah Quinn's gone. Who are we gonna come after? Like, who is enemy number one? I just want to yell at somebody. 
It's been one year. Thank you, thank you Domer Wap. I appreciate this. And I'll say, and, uh, Susan says singers losing his mind. I'm always good for one freak out per show, but go it's ahead. All right. But the fair points is, and my fair points to parlay on that is, Freeman, he's been a head football coach for one year. So one year with this staff for one year. And it's like, just, I don't know. You got, you got I'm, I'm of the opinion is you just got to let this, I mean, we're going to know in a couple of years. It's, it's real easy. We're going to know in a couple of years. And if there's another eight and four season or if this season happens or whatnot, we're going to know. That's Notre Dame football. See yeah. how this thing is. And if Freeman goes out and he kicks butt this year, they go 11 and one. They're a legitimate final four type of football team. Sky's the limit heading into 2024 when this thing expands. If not, there's going to be, he's going to be on the hot seat in year three. Yeah. Uh, V-Dub says Scott is in Notre Dame's backyard, though. Well, what about, really? I think it was an offensive lineman from Indiana, or it's a defense lineman a couple years ago. It was like a five-star caliber kid. Notre Dame never even offered him. You had Caden Curry, defensive lineman, who ended up going to Ohio State. Notre Dame yeah. never offered him. Well, the, the right tackle, the big giant, all Big Ten right tackle who's from Indiana. DeWan Jones, the big monster at Ohio State. Guys, you have to remember that Notre Dame is not – every other program, yeah. right? The academics, the how they play in the NIL game. Notre Dame is just different, right? Notre Dame is – that's why a part of you guys are – that's why you're a Notre Dame fan. Yes. So – hey, And Justin Colorado. Scott, people, he drops his top eight. Colorado's in his top eight. So it's like start to do the math. Well, Colorado's – I mean – it's Colorado. Colorado. Everyone's Colorado talking. going to Chicago what, leagues and getting. But whether players. whether that's nil, it could be nil. It could be Deion Sanders, just is a badass human being. I hear you. So, I but I, I I hear you as well. All right, Tim. I love it. I love it. So hey, next, by the way, hey, hey, real quick. By the way, that was awesome with Mike Brown. Like I told my uh, you know my wife went to school with some of his friends as we were chatting before the show and. That was really cool. He had some cool stories, yeah, and I just loved awesome. listening to him. That was awesome. He is awesome. Um, I was talking him on the phone this morning. I was like, "Dude, uh, you have a career. Like, you should come be on this show. Like, you have like he's 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 awesome. He's just kind of a guy. You just like like you see, you just feel like you've known him forever, right? I've seen his face twice, and both on behind the computer screen. Well, next show. time he comes on, I got a couple of really good uh, game day football questions. So we've got to bring him back when he gets the book rolling and do another promotion for him, a little ten minute spot. So I would, uh, I do have a couple of really fun questions. I'd love to hear get some insight. So he was great to listen to. I really enjoyed it. All right, Michael, well, I'm sure you heard that. So uh, let us know. We'll, we'll we'll get you on this off season again. So next week's yeah. show, we are going to dive more into recruiting. Uh, I believe. Look, the you know the transfer portal stuff wraps up. What next? Is it middle of next week or something? Transfer portal wraps. It's the eighteenth or something. But this week, real quick, Mike, what is it? Is it a semi junior day? What's oh, happening this weekend? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a junior day. You know, top top twenty four targets and some other players they might offer. So uh, those guys will be on campus. So Tim and I will you know talk about some of the news coming out of that as well as all American Bowl clips. So I will put nice. together. Um, all the, the video I shot of those guys, I'll talk about what I saw of those five players. Someone in the chat right now is talking about Mike. Oh, Mike Brown's in here. He says, sign oh, me yeah. up. There we go, I'm Mike. Awesome. Um, someone just said, hey, I think Micah Bell's going to be the next Ben Morrison. I'll talk, I'll, we'll pop up film of Micah Bell, talk about him. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, we'll, we'll kind of just go yeah. through the players and, and what I saw. And, and, Tim, go ahead. Can I get a quick 10-second teaser? Is Brennan Vernon – did he look as good as I think he does? 
I think so. All right, good to go. Like physically, yeah. yeah. He's someone so he's who uh, he's my. Favorite. I don't want to accidentally bump into him. Like okay. he's not someone who I want to be on his bad side. You know. All right, good to go. It's my teaser then for next week. <laughs> All right, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, and uh, we'll have plenty of content between now and then. Um, on our YouTube channel here at, at Blue and Gold, and as well as our blueandgold.com website. Join only for uh, $29.99, gets you access until the start of next football season. Again, you folks watching or, or listening to this, you guys are junkies. So we appreciate um, you being here. Hey, shout out Stephen Martin. Shout out Stephen Martin, real quick. When I was in San Antonio, nice. I got together with Stephen and some other Notre Dame fans. We were just kind of talking to YouTube, and awesome. He, he was talking about how he likes uh, some of these shows that you know that we do. So, uh, um, I, I definitely appreciate that, Stephen. Good to see you in here, man. Um, and yeah, I agree. Mike Brown's got the swag. But all right, we're gonna sign off now. We've been signing off for about five minutes here, so we're actually gonna end the show. Uh, but do appreciate you folks. Hit that thumbs up, and as always, we'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.